Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Ben and Chris Talk Sports. I'm Chris. I'm Ben. We are here to bring you our opinions on the news notes and happenings from around the world of sports. Episode 127. This is Ben's big day. This is the day when he releases his one and only, because he only, he only needs one. It's not like these TV personalities who have to do, you know, 17.3 and have to give you one, you know, three times a day. His one and only first round mock draft. So that is going to take up the majority of today's show, I can pretty safely say, uh, even though we do not know yet because we are just recording now. But I can say that with pretty pretty good confidence that uh, that's going to take up the majority of the show. A little bit of baseball news, more of the unwritten rules nonsense in baseball. Uh, some some fun Eagles news. So if you're an Eagles fan, you're probably not going to like this very much, but it's going to be fun for us. <laughs> And then some uh, little bit, little bit of fun. Ben doesn't know this list, uh, but I, I saw it was on Bleacher Report. A, the top nine. I don't know why they chose nine, but they did. NFL draft busts ever, according to them. I'm gonna run down this list with Ben and uh, see what he thinks. Some I agree with heavily, and others I think are. Eh, I don't know. I, I, I'm not really seeing how it's you know fits in the biggest busts ever. But I'm betting I can predict a few too. Oh, yeah, there's, I mean, there's five that are solid. It's kind of the placement of some, surprisingly, more than the actual names on the list. Okay. Uh, but, all right, then, of course, we're going to finish it off with the main event, Ben's first round mock draft. But, to start it off with, a little interaction last week between Trevor Bauer and Fernando Tatis Jr. It was yes, kind of fun. Tatis had a really good game against the highly paid Dodgers uh, star pitcher. Uh, I believe he had two homers off him. I know he had two in the game. I don't know if they were both off of Bauer, but... Uh, people were kind of criticizing Tatis Jr. because he likes to have fun, and there's no place for that in baseball. Uh, Bauer, actually, in Bauer's defense, uh, we're right. we're pretty big fans of Bauer on this show. We like his personality. We like that he's out there, that he'll tell you what he thinks. I have no problem with that. Uh, and in Bauer's defense, he did say that that's what the game needs, uh, is people who hit home runs and show emotion and celebrate. Didn't have much problem with the bat flip. Apparently, what he took issue with was it appeared that Tatis Jr., was looking back or glancing back at the catcher trying to steal the sign. Uh, to which I say, boo friggin' who. This isn't an Astro situation. This is not, he didn't have a camera set up in center field. He didn't have somebody hitting the trash can in the dugout. With his own eyes, he was trying to gain whatever advantage he could. There was nothing illegal about it. There's nothing wrong with it. And all these people that said they want baseball to progress then want to sit there and rely on the unwritten rules, which is nonsense. Fernando Tatis Jr. is the best thing to happen to baseball since the McGuire-Sosa home run chase. And I'm not exaggerating when I say that. I honestly believe that. This kid is electric. He's exciting. He's talented. He's the future. Stop trying to stymie his personality with your idiotic early 19th century BS. So for the record, he was. I saw the video. I saw it slow oh, down. Oh, totally was. was. Totally. But with that being said, I mean, it's part of the game. This is this is not you you pointed out all the scenarios when it's not part of the game. This is part of the game. And I don't know who the catcher is, uh, but if he was a better catcher, uh he paid attention a little bit more. Yes. Uh, I know in the video you can see the catcher looking up at Tatis thinking that maybe he saw the sign, but he wasn't sure. If you were a better catcher, you would be able to look at him while you're giving the signs. And 
you know what? It's on you as a battery to make sure you've got everything locked down and your, your advanced scouting should know that Tatis maybe on occasions or whatever frequency he does looks down and tries to get a peek. And to be clear, he's not looking for the sign because there's no way he could see the sign. He's looking for any motion to indicate in his periphery of where it's going to go. Placement. Yes, exactly. Yep. And, and if you, if if you're padding, if he, I think, I think the catcher was um, padding his uh, right leg or, of you know, indicating right, you know, outside, that's the only way Tatis was going to be able to not hook, but he pulled that, that home run. And that was a, a stick of a slider on the outside had no business going after that pitch, but yeah, he knew it was coming because that's the only way he was going to get a home run off that pitch. It's on, it's on that battery to know, Hey, Tadis is going to peak every now and then you got, you got to be, you got to be actively looking for that and just own it. Just own it. Yeah. 100%. Instead of everybody getting mad at Tatis for trying to gain an advantage, a perfectly legal advantage, by the way, somebody needs to talk to that catcher and say, Hey, look, if he, if he knows what you're doing, you need to change up what you're doing. You need to come up with some some signs to mask other signs so nobody can tell what you're doing. Uh, this is, to me, is the equivalent of the guy on second trying to steal signs and then telling the batter, which, again, there is yeah. nothing wrong with. It's gamesmanship. It's part of the game. There's no electronics being used. There's no illegal means. There's nothing off the field being used. They're not texting each other. They're not doing what the Astros were doing and allegedly other teams were doing. Uh, and probably the Red Sox were doing, too, to a lesser extent. Uh, this is perfectly legal, part of the game. You're using your talent, your eyes, your physical presence to gain an advantage. And if that's not what the definition of sports is, <laughs> then I don't know why I'm doing a podcast. So, And, and I'll point out uh, Jason Veritek. He would do it. He would, he would look up. But he would only look up at certain players because advanced scouting told you this player is going to look. This player is not. I think uh, uh, Christian Vasquez does it now too. It's you're not looking at every player. You're getting that advanced scouting that says, "Hey, um, uh, Whit Merrifield, uh, on average, thirty percent of the time, he's going to look. He's going to try to take a peek at mm-hmm. pitch. So at, at that rate, you're going to want to look up and see if if Mer- Whit Merrifield's actually looking down, and be sure. And then vice versa. Let's say Byron Buxton." 0.9% of the time he is going to look down. That means he almost never does. So that would be an occasion where, all right, you don't really need to pay attention to the batter because he, he, that's not his, that's not the way he, he approaches the plate. And in a game nowadays, which is all about analytics, percentages, frequencies, if you don't have that information, then what are you doing? Hundred percent, and and again to, to further your point before we move on, uh, if you're that catcher, and you know he's going to be looking for a sign, which you should if you're doing your job, he sees the sign, and then you proceed to not change the sign, and then give somebody as talented as Fernando Tatis Jr. a pitch he knows is coming. That man don't need any help. No, that man could hit two hundred with his with, with with his eyes closed. I mean, he is phenomenal absolutely ridiculous 
stays healthy, he's going to be one of the great players we've seen in generations. Uh, maybe jumping the gun, but just watching him play, that's what I see. And, yeah, uh, it's not his job to not take the advantage. It's your job to make sure he can't see the advantage. So, that's that. Tatis Jr., keep doing what you're doing, man. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're killing it. I'm just glad you don't play the Red Sox a lot. Okay. Well, from this point forward, until, I'd say, next week, well, still probably next week, uh, pretty much everything we discuss will be about the NFL draft. So, if that's not your thing, uh, maybe you going to stick around because you'll learn something. We're going to make it fun. So, uh, it's it's we do have our uh, draft special coming up on Thursday. Ben and I are going to do the same thing we did last year. We're going to start probably about halfway through the first round, and then we're going to watch it live. Uh, we, know we, don't have, we don't have any licensing or anything, so it's not going to be actually playing. You can't hear it, uh, but we will be watching it on mute uh, and essentially adding our own commentary and discussing the moves and potential trades and, and picks. And by the way, also going back through all the picks that we've missed up to that point before we started uh, recording and looking forward to what the next couple of rounds could bring. Same as last year. I think it was all off the cuff. It wasn't really planned. It was kind of like, hey, a couple of bullet points. This is what we're going to do. Go. I think it's one of the best shows we did. Uh, if you want yeah. to kind of get a taste of what it might be, uh, go back and listen. It was around last April. It'll be on our show archives, wherever you download your favorite podcast. I really liked it. It's something we want to do every year. It was a lot of fun doing it because we just kind of got to sit there and talk like we would normally talk in my living room, and it was, it was fun. So that will be out uh, as soon as I'm done editing it. It's not waiting until Friday morning. We're going to record. If there's any edits, I'll do that. Release it right right out. It should be sometime Thursday night, early a.m. Friday. If you don't listen to it Thursday night, by the time you wake up Friday morning, it'll be on your podcast feed. So just a heads up, something to look forward to. Uh, but now, let's get into some draft talk. And it's not, not quite time for Ben's mock draft yet. That's coming. But <laughs> Eagles. Okay. This is real. This is something I've read. I, I looked at multiple sources to confirm this was actually happening, and it wasn't like uh, some kind of joke site. This wasn't like an NFL memes thing. Uh, <laughs> Eagles head coach Nick Sirianni. I think I'm saying the name right. I think brand, so. brand new head coach took over for Doug Peterson. Uh, you know, uh, apparently doesn't know how to use Jalen Hurts either because he's talking about quarterback competition. They're still going to be a mess. Uh, apparently he played rock, paper, scissors with draft prospects, uh, to test their competitiveness level. I'm going to let really? that simmer, simmer for a minute because, um, look, I'm all in favor of using things that aren't all advanced analytics. You know, if advanced analytics were all that existed, Tom Brady would have never gotten a start in the NFL, which some people would be thrilled by. Some people listening to this show particularly, uh, but not, not so much for people like Ben and I. I'm all for that. Um, and if that's something you do, okay. That's probably not something you should tell people you're doing because it's effing stupid, honestly. I'm just going to come out and say it. Like These are athletes who are literally putting their bodies on the line every single time the ball is snapped. Their well-being. One wrong move. And we've seen it happen before, unfortunately, with tremendously talented players. One wrong move, your career is over, and your life has changed forever. 
We're going to test how you're going to handle the rigors of that battle with rock, paper, scissors. So my question to you, is Nick Sirianni running an NFL franchise or a daycare center? This is stupid. I mean, it just it, it just conjoins with the last uh, leadership that was, in, in the words of, of the great Lane Johnson, having fun. Oh, I forgot all about that. So it's not changing at all. It goes from Peterson no, to Sirianni. It's the same thing. Well, okay. Well, how do they test agility? A freaking bounce house? I mean, I'm guessing bounce? So. I mean, just rent one of those. It looks like a castle. It's all fun. And Jalen gets to go inside and eat ice cream while he's bouncing around. Uh, 40 time. A three-legged race? I don't, I don't think that would work, but you know, it's interesting. Well, I mean, it can't be worse than a wide receivers the last three years, anyway. So that's true. That's true. I can't. I can't. I can't counter that point. Um, I don't. By the way, as a Patriots I, I, fan, I, I can second that for my team as well. On the outside, on the out outside of of, of sanity, I can see the angle he's going with. That being said. This makes no sense to me. You got you got tape. You got interviews you can do. You got coaches you can talk to. You got family you can talk to. You can do all this stuff. Why are you having rock paper scissors? That doesn't make. It doesn't. It doesn't. If if rock paper scissors decides who the Eagles are going to take, at what number eleven, right? Yeah, number uh, 11. 12, 12. 12, 12. If that if that makes their decision, I'm sorry, they're already done for this season, and and Nick can um, be sure that in short order he'll be looking for a new job because to to rest your hopes on whether or not he threw rock to counter my paper. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing: you walk up to Patrick Mahomes on draft day a couple of years back, and you say, "Rock paper scissors, Patrick." And I mean, he might he do gives it, you, but... He gives you scissors. Well, first of all, he wouldn't know what you were doing anyways because he's Patrick Mahomes. He's a magician. But you could say he, he gives you scissors, and you give him rock. Oh, my God. That's how the Niners got Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, excuse me. The Bears got Mitchell Trubisky by trading with the Niners. Rock, yes. paper, scissors. That was yes. it. That, that was it. That was it. Rock, paper, scissors changed the course of NFL history. Mahomes would have been a bear, but he threw up scissors Good. instead. You know what he's going to say to you? Who cares? Let's get on the field and show you what I can do. Right. None of those I mean, guys, it, unless that's their angle, which was not the, the tone of the story, by the way. The tone of the story was to see how they would do if they won or lost. The only appropriate answer, when somebody walks up and says, okay, let's play rock, paper, scissors. I want to I want to test your competitiveness level. Oh, I wrote competitiveness lever on the rundown. That's good. <laughs> um, good thing I knew what I meant. Okay, you're gonna do it if you're if you're a prospect because you're not gonna be disrespectful to somebody who could be your head coach. Okay, cool. But you're gonna give him a bit of a side eye look, like, okay, dude, whatever. And then afterwards you're gonna say, How exactly is this helping you gauge my talent level on the football field? I mean, uh, I, I, I don't it's know. Not. I don't know. And like if you're just expecting every player that you wanna pick to have to take rock, paper, scissors seriously, which means you'll take everything else seriously. I mean, that's a little much. That's just a little much to say. That's the most important thing we need to do. This is this is number one we need to talk about when we have your interview is how you're going to approach win or loss in a rock paper scissors match. I, eh, I'm not. I'm not. 
I'm not buying this as a, a good measuring stick. I'm sorry. Yeah, and if you're an Eagles fan, how discouraged must you feel, honestly? Well, they're like, never going to boo draft day, so... Well, I know, but hear, hear me out here, right? Okay, so yeah. Carson Wentz, second overall pick years ago, has a borderline MVP season. Probably would have been the MVP had he stayed healthy the year they won the Super Bowl, and Foles came in to replace him. Okay, he gets injured. Again, somehow tearing his ACL in the air. I've said it a million times, I don't know how that's even possible, but both... Sorry to hear it, and impressed at the same time. Uh, okay, so he tears his ACL in the air, and Nick Foles wins the championship for him. Comes back the following year. Doesn't look like the same player. Still pretty good, but not the same player. Team's not the same. Okay. Injured again in the playoffs. You know, same old story, wins injury prone, whatever. Following season comes back. Not that great. Then they draft Jalen Hurts last year. And... Everybody's like, oh, it's going to be Hurts. And Doug Peterson's like, no, it still wins. We just drafted him because we couldn't think of anybody else's name. So we just picked it, whatever. Couldn't give a good reason. We all knew what it was for. It was about pressure on Wentz to make him, to motivate him to perform better like he had during his borderline MVP season. Okay. So then they, we all know how they completely mismanaged that last year. They get rid of Wentz. This new guy comes in, and all you've heard since Sirianni came in was, there's going to be an open competition at quarterback. You have Jalen Hurts. You saw what he did to the offense last year. You know what you have. And now you're going to tell him you're not our starter. It's fine to have a competition. But maybe not have that be the only thing you say revolving around your team and the draft. And then the only other piece of information that comes out besides you trading down from 6 to 12, which, by the way, you made your team look stupid the last game of the year to get that 6 pick. Now you trade it, but you get something else out of it. So, okay, I can, I can understand that. The only other thing you hear draft-wise after that is rock, paper, scissors to determine competitiveness level. If you're an Eagles fan, you cannot have high hopes going into tomorrow's draft. Or wait, yeah, this is Wednesday? Yeah, be tomorrow's yeah, draft. Be, yeah, tomorrow. Tomorrow's draft, okay. I don't know, man. Uh, if I was an Eagles fan, I'd be... i Better hope Jalen Hurts and Miles Sanders are 10 times better than everyone thinks they are. Because if if that's still what's running this team, somebody who thinks that that's an honest way to test the competitiveness level, Eagles fans are in for a long, painful road until they get their next head coach. I'm hoping, for Eagles fans' sake, this is a, uh, a Nick kind of thing and not a Howie Roseman, the GM kind of thing. Because at least... In that in that sense, Howie Roseman can kind of like say, "Okay, I'll take Nick. I'll take your opinion, but I have to I have to weigh it a little bit less because of how you got your opinion by playing rock paper scissors." So, if it's Howie and him on board, like this, this it's bad news. Like, throw my draft mock draft out the board because they'll take someone wacky at number 12 and then everything else will be thrown out of whack. So I'll tell you what, if, if there's a pick for us to start recording, it might be number 12 or at least a roundabout because it'll get it real interesting. Yeah. That's, that's going to depend how long, uh, how, how far into the draft it is when we, like, right. Excuse me. How far time wise it takes. Cause you could have, I mean, 
quite honestly, these first five, six, seven picks, if these teams are being honest with themselves, should go by really, really quick. Oh, yeah. So if we, you know, if we, it, you know, it starts at what eight o'clock. If we get to the point where it's nine, nine fifteen, nine thirty, yeah, or uh, you know, where we're we're at pick twelve and it takes longer than it should, we're at pick twelve and it's nine nine thirty. Then yeah, we'll we'll throw it on and we'll start from there. But it's like, oh man, I, I it could be it could be really interesting, Chris, to to see where the Eagles go because if this is any indication what they're going to be doing, the draft is just going to be. And this is not just the first round. We're talking about the second round. After the third round, we start, you know, it's you're you're picking your you're picking what you think is best. But the first three rounds, that talent is there. And you know, if they're stretching for some player because he got real heated when he lost, when he threw rock and got countered by paper. I mean, I mean, I don't know. How to uh, how else to put this? This is just insanity. Absolutely. All right, moving on to other insanity. The top nine biggest draft busts in NFL history. Uh, this is not according to Ben and I, although we will agree with several of these. Uh, this wasn't originally even going to be on the rundown, but I figured the entire show is draft-centric. We have Ben's mock draft. It'd be fun, especially since he has not seen this list yet, uh, I found it on Bleacher Report, article on Bleacher Report. Give them credit for it. Uh, it'd be fun to run them down, uh, run the list down, not Bleacher Report, and uh, and see what you know, what Ben thinks of it, and you know if he thinks anything's out of place, anybody else belongs who wasn't there. So we're gonna start at numbers nine. Uh, I'm just gonna read these, and if you have anything, go ahead yeah, and jump sure. in. Sure. This ahead. segment, this segment could take 45 seconds. It could take 10 minutes. We'll see. Number nine, the ninth worst draft pick or draft bust in NFL history. Quarterback Heath Schuler, third overall to the Washington, we'll just stick with football team, in 1994. Oh, okay. This one I remember, and I this still boggles my mind. Wide receiver Justin Blackman, Ooh. fifth overall to Jaguars, to the Jaguars in 2012. Hey, the talent was there. Oh, the talent was there. Just, oh my God, man! They just didn't have didn't have between the ears, as they say. Couldn't yes. couldn't stay out of trouble. But my God, was he good! I, honestly, when I saw his physical talents, I thought oh, he yeah. doesn't have the speed. But I thought like Calvin Johnson, like yeah, he had the size, he had the moves. Didn't really need to have oh, that yeah. breakaway speed with that size and ability. But oh man, he talk about being your own worst enemy. Julio, Julio Jones, yeah. Yeah. Same. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Long strider. Yep. He can get away. He can. He can. He can put distance between him and the uh, the cornerback or safety because of the long strides. Mm-hmm. You're accurate when with the speed, but those long strides can really put some distance. But unfortunately, yeah, between the between the ears wasn't there. Number seven on the biggest draft bust list: quarterback Achilles Smith, third overall to the Cincinnati Bengals in 1999. Anything on this one? No, I mean, that's pretty accurate. Okay. I, I might have him a skosh higher, but I got to see what's above him. Yep. <laughs> yep, you do. All right. Number six, linebacker Brian Bosworth. Uh, in the you first, said number six, right? Yep. In the first round of the 1987 supplemental draft to the Seattle Seahawks, 
I did not know this. Apparently, he signed a deal before he even got drafted. Signed a 10-year, $11 million deal for a top pick. So that tells you what a different time it was in 1987 financially. Uh, 10, 11 for 10 years was monster money back then. Now that's Patrick Mahomes, I don't know, dinner tab. Uh, I, <laughs> the biggest game this guy played in was on the remake of The Longest Yard. Well, let's, let's be honest. Like he, he did not pan out to say it politely. And yeah, he didn't. I, I would say again, this is another one probably a little higher, but I, there's, there's two people I have in my head that, Oh, and I know exactly who they are and I expect them to be there. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm interested to see who I'm missing. All right. Number five on the biggest draft bust of all time list quarterback, Andre Ware. Drafted seventh overall to the Detroit Lions in 1990. It's a little high. I think the thing with that was there was a lot of talent that came out of that 1990 draft. And okay. to, to take him seventh overall, I believe that was the Emmett Smith draft and, hmm. and others. And there was, I don't have the entire article in front of me, right. but there was a lot. Some of these guys, it was not necessarily. What they were capable of, it was they were taken instead of X, Y, Z, and it was a loaded draft with like four or five Hall of Famers, and they were taken ahead of all those guys, like anybody in the year two thousand taken ahead of Tom Brady. It's like, oof, okay, hundred ninety eight teams, uh, hundred ninety eight picks before you got to that guy. Uh, yeah, I, I can, I can stuff. I can see the point. I can. Junior Seau, Mark Carrier, Cortez Kennedy. Yeah. There's some talent in that draft. But then uh, I'm Emmett Smith at 17. Tony, well, Eric, Eric Green. Rodney Hampton. Remember Rodney Hampton? Okay. I mean, all I say is, is a little, a little, a little high on the list. I would have put Achille above him. I would put Brian Bosworth above him. Like, oh, I think the thing with Achilles Smith too is that was the Ricky Williams draft. Yeah, and apparently, uh, before the Saints went to, was it Washington they traded with? I think it was before they went to Washington and traded essentially their entire draft. Uh, apparently, they had went to the Bengals to try to get the third overall pick, and the Bengals turned them down and decided to take Achilles Smith instead of. Roughly nine draft picks, including two firsts, for the spot. So that's what adds a little bit to that. I would, I would, I would put him higher too as well. But number four, offensive tackle Tony Mandarich, second oh, overall yeah. to Green Bay Packers in 1989. Yeah, I, I can put that one there. That's makes sense to me. Number three, quarterback Ryan Leaf. Second Th- overall. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Whoa, yeah, whoa, whoa. I know. I know. Whoa, 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 whoa. Second overall to the, uh, uh, at the time, San Diego Chargers in 1998. The one pick behind one of the all-time greats and Hall of Famer Peyton Manning. Are you tell- Are you telling? Okay. I, I-, I don't want to spoil it. I'm going to say there's probably two quarterbacks, at least one, if not two quarterbacks, <laughs> ahead of. You Ryan are correct. Lee. You are correct, sir. There are okay. two quarterbacks I, ahead. I'm, I'm pretty sure I know which two quarterbacks they are. I'll say this. The, the, no. 
Uh, I agree. This I agree with you. One. No, he's number one by a mile. And we'll explain why. We'll break down a little bit. We'll get now that we're in the top three. We're gonna have a little bit of a discussion. Um, number there's, there's, two. Any? I'm gonna ask you. Hold on. Go ahead. Go number ahead. two, quarterback. Do you have a guess? It's Bleacher Report, right? Yes. It's gonna be Jamarcus Russell. Oh no! That's the other one. Number two, quarterback Johnny Manziel. I Twenty second over twenty second overall to the Browns in twenty fourteen. I don't know how Manziel was ranked higher than Leaf. So so Johnny Johnny, I I so I, I understand him being on this because of the hype and the fact that he absolutely did nothing. That being said, not above right. 20, 24, right? Twenty four? Twenty second. Twenty second, sorry. Twenty second. There's no reason to be this high on this list he should be lower he should be eight seven eight or nine and i found i understand the hype yeah i found it funny he was the highest drafted person or excuse me lowest drafted person on the list Uh, i guess you could say bosworth because bosworth was supplemental but still he was a first round pick in the supplemental draft um yeah manzel i don't look the only reason the chargers took leaf was because peyton manning had been taken by the colts at number one one pick sooner that was it otherwise if, if the colts had taken leaf the Chargers would have had a future Hall of Famer right. leading their team for the next two decades. I don't understand how Manziel is number two above Ryan Leaf. It doesn't doesn't make any sense to me. Leaf should be number one. I'm going to say it right now. We have, in our fantasy league, the last place trophy is the Ryan Leaf Memorial Cup. Yeah, it is. Um, so, I mean, not that, not that that's reason alone should be number uh, should make him number one, but it was an epic meltdown people were talking about this guy like he was going to make Peyton Manning look stupid like the, the, the Colts were fools for taking Peyton Manning not overall but over this guy and so many people got this guy they got this one wrong it was yeah. incredible which is why we say whenever somebody's like oh Trevor Lawrence is a sure thing it's like well I don't wish anything yeah. bad on a kid but we'll see there's no such thing as a sure thing and number one I'm yeah, sure you can guess. It. Quarterback Jamarcus Russell, yeah. first overall to the then Oakland, or was it? It was still Oakland was Raiders Oakland. in 2007. Yep. Um, received a massive, massive last... contract. And he, I firmly believe he is the reason we he have a tiered draft salary system now where the first round pick makes this much, or excuse yep. me, the first overall pick makes this, second makes this, third makes yep. this, and down the line. Uh, he signed something like what was it, like a six-year, forty-nine million-dollar contract. This guy had never thrown a down in the NFL, and he was making more than seasoned veterans who had MVP, right? You know, nominations and, and awards and trophies, and so after that, uh, including I don't know something like thirty million guaranteed out of that. After that, there became a tiered draft system. So all you, all you drafted tomorrow night, who aren't making thirty, forty, fifty million dollars out of the gate. Can write to Marcus Russell a nice thank you letter. Yeah, I, no, I, I can understand why he's number one. He's, oh, sure, sure. The the money pushes him up. Two two stories. I would, I would, Sorry, I would, I would just say I would just say Chris. The only person that would be ahead of Ryan Leaf would be Jamarcus Russell because he also uh, pinned the Raiders down for a couple seasons with that that oh yeah uh, price yeah. tag 
So I could understand the arguments. That's the only person that, that you could make a reason. Like, let's paint a, a five years from now. Trevor Lawrence bombs. Then we have an argument for three different people for the number one draft bust in NFL history. That's it. So we don't, we, we can't, Johnny Manziel doesn't belong up there. Brian Bosworth doesn't belong up there. Uh, I don't remember uh, uh, the offensive lineman. He deserves Tony to be Mandridge. on that list. Yeah, he deserves to be on the list because he was very highly talented, highly rated. Um, but Johnny Johnny doesn't belong up there. And this is no this is no favoritism towards him because I I did think he was going to be a really good quarterback in the league. And I thought the talent was going to translate. I didn't realize he wasn't going to read the, the playbook. My fault for not knowing that. And obviously off the field issues as well, but there's no, there's no way that Ryan Leaf drops below number two. No, it's Russell and, uh, and leaf one and two. Uh, you can flip a coin for incompetence, but they're both pretty high up there. Uh, it's funny you mentioned that. That was actually a story I was about to tell real quick about the uh, the playbook. Jamarcus Russell was so inept that the Raiders coaching staff had a feeling he was not reading their game plans. So what they did is they would send him home with blank DVDs and tell him it was the game plan. And when he came in the next day, they'd ask him what he thought, and he'd go, oh, it looks good to me. There's wow. nothing on the DVD. Wow. So he didn't even look at it. This is akin to... Uh, and in uh, training camp, some of the coaches will have the playbook and they'll tape a hundred dollar bill to the back page. And they did that in draft day, Chris. Was it? Oh, that's what it was. Day? But it, yeah, I think so. But it is a real, it is a real thing. Some people do. Yeah. That was taken. I know it was from the movie draft day. That's where I did see yeah. it. But afterwards, I looked it up and I can't remember who it was. I wish I remember the player. It may have been Jamarcus Russell also, who uh, essentially handed it back in, didn't take it. And apparently it was like, you can take it. If you, if you read this far, you can have the hundred dollars or whatever. Didn't touch it. Didn't turn a page. It, this guy did not have the mentality to, to be an NFL player. Um, it's, this is not a list you want to be on. He's one of those players, Chris, that relies him and Johnny Menzel are alike in that sense. They just wanted their athletic ability to you know, let them succeed right. and not have to practice, not have to know the playbook. I'm sorry, that gets you that gets you so far in college. Because think of this three fourths of the players that are on the field at any given time are not seeing the NFL. They're not seeing training camp. They're not they're not even going the NFL route. They're they're going with their degree. So, yeah, the talent is less. That's why whenever you ask me, it's like, well, can Alabama – you think Alabama can beat, um, let's say, the 0-16 Miami Dolphins? I'll say no. The Miami Dolphins will, will crush them because not all the players are NFL caliber. But once you get up to that stage and yeah. you have 11 – professional NFL players playing defense and you decide you don't want to push play on the uh, playbook, your colors are going to show real quick. 
Think of how many people look at that kind of stuff for fun. This guy's getting paid 50 mil plus endorsements over six years. And he can't be bothered to go home in his plush mansion and sit back in his easy chair or his jacuzzi right. and watch some plays. Like, that's just... Yeah. Anybody, like I said, he's the reason they have the whole tiered salary system in the draft. All right. I don't... We're going to... We're about to begin Ben's favorite part of the year, this 2020 first-round mock draft. I just want to ask you, I'm not asking you to reveal where this player would be drafted, and I already think I know what you're going to say, if anything. Yeah. Which player of those you have as first-rounders do you think is most likely, not that anybody will be this bad, we don't know that, but if anybody was most likely to take someone's spot on this list, who do you think it is? And why? Zach Wilson. I knew you, I knew you were going to say that. Because I just <laughs> I knew that. there's there's too much there's too many question marks. You have the competition where one year he was average to above average, and he probably would have been drafted second, third round. And then this year competition's a little lower, has a great season, and now he's going to be top three. I, I just think. To me, looking at him from the few videos I watched, he's a little under, a little slight of frame. And if he's going to be that much of a runner, he's going to run into problems. So, I, look at look at Jalen Hurts. He's a little thicker, right? He's got a little more muscle to him. That's why he can take a little bit more punishment than I think Zach Wilson would be able to. Now Zach can put on a little bit of weight. But then there's the conversely the other problem he's going to have. He has Mackay Beckton. What else does he have on offense? Yeah, he can run around. Oh, well, you just kind of said where uh, where he's going to go. I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I'd give that away. But, That's okay. Uh, yeah. That's okay. We're gonna get to him pretty quick, anyways. So, but but my point. Yeah, I get your. He's point, tied yeah. to the Jets a lot, but. Oh yeah. My point would be if he went there. Okay, like. Is he going to really succeed if they put him day one? If he's running around without a, a thought in his head because he's running for his life and he's going to get smashed, I just don't see him succeeding. And I think I think the, the meteoric rise of Zach Wilson over this season is that hype that you're talking about with uh, Johnny Menzel – reaching that height in that in the um the top nine uh brian bosworth a little less but still on that same uh stratosphere i think i don't i don't look at anybody maybe kyle pitts um had had a rise but even he's been he's been a top 10 uh prospect even last year so i don't when you can you anyone who who has a no 2020 play there's a little bit of a, a a tick on their I guess hype train because they didn't play. So you don't. It's still it's a little bit more of a gamble. Whereas Zach Wilson played, he has tape. He's got a performance, a really good performance, um, pretty much all year. I think that's the one. Other than the obvious, you know, the obvious one, Chris, would be Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, so let's get into it. Let's get into your twenty twenty one mock draft. And this is, you know, you do the research on this and you put this yeah. together. So how do you how do you want to break this down? You want to go 
Go like, five picks. Go, go and five then, and then kind of break it down a little bit. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably okay. high point one one player out of the five. But um, if I see a couple of them, I want to I want to yeah point out to you. I will, but I think it'll be five picks and then we'll kind of digest it a little bit. All right, let's get into it. All right, so obviously number one, Jacksonville Jaguars. They're gonna take Trevor Lawrence. I think it's pretty simple, safe bet. As much as um, uh, Urban Meyer wants to play games. Whether or not he's going to take him, I think he takes him. Number two, obviously, I kind of just unveiled it a little bit. Zach Wilson from BYU. The Jets are linked to Zach Wilson. Yep. Um, I don't know why. They should take fields. They should take fields. And at number three, Chris, I had the 49ers taking Justin Fields, Ohio State quarterback. Uh, I'm not going to digest the quarterbacks too much. We kind of went over them last week. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. So if you have any questions on – the five quarterbacks in this draft uh just tune into last week's uh, episode i think it's uh near the end and you can get a little a little bit more out of that um number four we have a trade the broncos are going to trade with the atlanta falcons um i'm gonna go a two and a seven to get up from nine to four maybe it's a little light but i think the I think that's a compensation enough, and they're going to take Penny as well. Now, do you think with all the talk about them needing a quarterback, you think they trade up, they use that draft capital, trade up, and take a lineman? Yes. Okay. I, I don't think – I think it would be a mistake to do this again because they did it with Paxton Lynch. Right. They, they you know, Ross uh, – what was it, Ross Osweiler? Brock Osweiler. Brock Osweiler. <laughs> and, and Ross they Deweiler? Lost, they lost him because of, of, of a contract that the Texans signed. Good job. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was – So they went, out, they went out and drafted uh, Paxton Lynch, and then they, who else did they have at that time? Oh, Trevor Simeon. And yeah. they had this yeah. – Oh, well, we have like three quarterbacks. Oh, you have three quarterbacks? Well, you really have none. And I think – I think – I know the – the pressure John Elway put on the offensive line as collective and, and Kyle Bowles specifically, even though he had a better season this past year, and John Elway has been kind of, I don't want to say cut down, but he's been lessened as far as draft day. I think you have a talent like Penny Swell, a, a big tackle. If you feel confident about your opposite tackle, you can go get him. And now you have bookends, and now you can truly see what Drew Locke is because you have the weapons. You have a running back. You get yourself a nice tackle, and now you have bookend tackles. And if Drew Locke isn't the answer, well, guess what? You're going to be top five again anyway next year, and we're going to do this all again next year. You know, that, that's a good point. Yeah, I mean they can they can make sure their line is more secure and help their running game also, and it'll help keep them safe. They'll find that if he's not the guy, and then they can. You know, go go. You know, take it from there next year with a decent line. Bengals now. Bengals at five would have loved to protect. Um, Joe Burrow. Yeah, so would Burrow. So would Joe, <laughs> so yeah, so Joe, Joe Burrow. Burrow. <laughs> but I think one factor. I think Penny Swell will be gone. Um, number two, you know, he's been pitching Jamar Chase. Uh, there's plenty of reports that say he's been pitching Jamar Chase. So the Bengals will take Jamar Chase at number 
five. And now you're going to have a three-headed monster, T. Higgins, Boyd, and Jamar Chase. Um, he had an elite 2019 season, 20, t- 20 touchdowns. He's a physical receiver. I, that I was like what Burrow throwing to him, right? Right. Yeah. That's what Burrow yeah. throwing to him. At LSU, yeah. Um, he didn't. He did not play last year, and actually, that's probably smart for him because he kept his uh, his draft stock where it was. And I, looking at him, I think I can see a lot of Jarvis Landry in him, which is nothing wrong with that. Because, yeah, nothing wrong with that. And it's ironic because Jarvis Landry went to LSU. Well, it's almost like it could be the way they're coached. Yeah. Uh. So at number six, uh, Dolphins are going to take Kyle Pitts. And number seven, the Lions are going to take Trey Lance. Uh, I think I think if we've talked about the Lions and how – I know they have Jared Goff. Do you think, think they this, turn around and try to flip Jared Goff to somebody and trade him or keep him and I think, try to I develop think, Lance? I think if they keep him on a contract, I think he's got a, another year, right? Before you can go, yeah. I think I think they'll keep him at least for this year, and then they can have Trey Lance sit behind. Kind of a Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love situation. But I think this is more clear as <laughs> not quite the same title level, but yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. This is more clear. This is yeah. Jared Goff, your time is is very short. Um uh, number eight, I got Panthers taking Mika Parsons, Penn State linebacker. And then at number nine, the Falcons will now take Jalen Waddle, Alabama wide receiver. I don't get it. I don't understand why they you would don't do understand that. it. I know. I, as far as Waddle's talent, I get that. That's not the problem. Yeah. The problem I think is they have, that's all the Falcons seem to do is draft wide receivers. Right. At some point, they have to address their defense. I don't think there's a, 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 a defensive player in the position at number nine, <clears throat> even Mika Parsons, is not going to change that defense enough. You almost have to go, I think, with the way the Jets are going to go and kind of coach up the defense and find some diamonds in the rough. And I think Jalen Waddle is – because he, he is coming off his injury – he did play in the championship game, but I think you need to give him some time, make sure he's fully healthy. Cause I think you, I think Julio Jones is got at least a year, if not two left in out uh, in Atlanta. Well, I was kind of, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, uh, throw you off your game here, but there is, I know the the Julio uh, trade talks were were pretty much running rampant last season, and they picked up again the last couple of days. If they do go ahead and draft the Jalen Waddle, along yep. with you know Russell Gage, who looked great last year, yep. a little inconsistent, but the talent's there. And of course, Calvin Ridley looks like uh, you know a future star in the making if he isn't already there. Yeah. Again, some consistency, but that's the entire offense. So I don't think it's anything to do with those players. So they have Waddle. Ridley engage. Julio's expendable. Yes, he is. to a team that's going to be rebuilding. So, is it possible that uh, you see him move tomorrow during the draft? Who Julio Jones? I absolutely yeah. do. 
I absolutely can see a scenario where a team let's let's you know look at uh, Eagles, Chargers, uh, Raiders, who are hoping that Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle, because be realistic, if you're one of those teams, Jamar Chase will not be down there. But if you're looking at Jalen Waddle or Devontae Smith and hoping that they one of those two drop down there and they don't, and now you're scrambling, would you give up your first-round pick for Julio Jones? If you're the Raiders, who are on the cusp, I would say, of, of turning that corner and need a little more artillery to go against the Chiefs, or if you're the Chargers who have the talent – but you don't have the offensive weapons outside of Keenan Allen. And you just lost Hunter Henry. Uh, who did they pick up? Um, I believe up um, oh, from uh, New Orleans, I think. Uh, oh, Jerry Cook. Jerry Cook, yes. I think it would be a, a huge benefit to someone like Justin Herbert to have Julio Jones on the outside with Keenan Allen. <laughs> yeah, you think? <laughs> you think? That absolutely. Would. It, it just might cost you that first round pick. <clears throat> That's a decision you have to make on on draft day. Right, right. If everything falls the way I'm I'm looking at it, uh, the Chargers won't have any of those either one of those players to pick. Uh, the Raiders won't, and I like some of the other receivers. I don't believe that they're of that caliber of you know Jamar Chase's ability, Jalen Waddle's speed, Devontae Smith's route running. I, I just don't see them. Um, number 10, Cowboys, Rashawn Slater. So you don't have – apparently you don't have them doing what I had them doing, trading up and taking so well. So. No. No. I like – so Slater has an advantage over uh, so well. He has versatility across the line. He played okay. all three positions. If you if you look at his um, – where I go, I go to WalterFootball.com great site watch the uh watch the ads it will drain your um your memory but looking at his um looking at the position rankings Rashad Slayer is number one the number one center the number two guard and the number three tackle oh wow available in the draft yeah so they ranked they ranked them in different all three positions and I like Slater to the Cowboys because it gives them the option. If they don't think at tackle it, it's working, they can slide them in the middle. If they can't find Trent Frederick's replacement again, and they think, okay, well, we have we have Rashawn Slater who had played center, slide him into the middle. It's it's that's why I like his versatility, and this is this is a point where versatility helps a player get drafted a little bit higher than maybe some other players that are deserving. Yeah, honestly, now that I know all that, I had no idea how, you know, because like I've said many a time, Ben, as far as college football goes, is uh, far and away more knowledgeable than I am. I did not know that about uh, Mister Rashawn Slater, so that makes perfect sense. Cowboys don't have to move, and it looks like this guy. I mean, it looks like this guy's going to be there no matter how it plays out. And they definitely need to protect their big investments on offense. So it makes perfect sense. So we have another trade. 
we have the Cowboys jumping, or not the Cowboys, uh, the Patriots jumping up to number 11 uh, with the Giants, um, I believe. And this might be another light uh, uh, compensation, but a third and a sixth. So it could be a little bit more, but I think I think that's a fair jump from for four picks. And they're going to take Quiddy Pay, Michigan, uh, linebacker, defense lineman. Okay. So here's here's what I'll say about Quiddy Pay, and and Chris, you'll you'll remember what I said about Chase Vinovich. Uh, we had a conversation about Donovan Peoples Jones during the season, how I didn't think he was as good. I think he was very uh, had a niche, and that was returning, and he blew up on the field. What was it week like? I think it was like week nine or ten when they were starting to lose wide receivers. So, I'm going to say this about Michigan players: the past four seasons, um, it seems like John Har- Jim Jim Harbaugh, sorry, Jim Harbaugh can recruit them and he can get them drafted. Everything in between, I tell you, trust me. My team is not doing good on the field. But if, if you can recruit them and you can be drafted, you're still going to get those recruits. Quidipe has ability. He's playing up and down the line. He's played in a, uh, a defense that is not too familiar with uh, a lot of people. But I think that hurt him a little bit. And I think he has some great upside. He's got great moves. And I think Bill Belichick would take advantage of the versatility that he ha- he he gained from Michigan, and also the athletic ability he has um, playing on the edge. All right, can I jump in here for one second? Go ahead. I, it's it's going to sound crazy, okay? I I don't disagree with you. The Patriots. Uh, could very well just take the best defensive player on the board, or if they really have an eye on this guy, trade up to get him. That makes perfect sense. Have you heard the rumors swirling? And again, just rumors, but it's fun to talk about sometimes, so I don't expect this to happen at all, but just bear with me. Okay, a little theater of the mind. Sure. So the Patriots have the 15 pick. The Packers have an MVP quarterback who they need to keep happy who looks like he could play another three, four, five years. And there's a lot of pl- a lot of teams who would love to have three, four, five years of Aaron Rodgers' talent under center. Okay. What do they need? The Packers. Apparently, <laughs> apparently every, 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 everywhere I've looked, it's, will the Packers finally get Aaron Rodgers a, a top receiver? I, I don't think any of them know about Devontae Adams, who's, by the way, the best receiver in the league. So uh, I'll just leave that there. Okay. But Rodgers keeps crying. He needs a, he needs more receiving help. He needs more receiving help. Okay. So, with the Packers, mm-hmm. and where is it? It's 29. It's low. 29, yeah. That's right where Bill wants to be. I don't think they trade picks. I think they trade Jalen. Uh, excuse me. Uh, Jalen Hurts? Yeah. No, Jordan Love. Jordan Love, excuse me. Okay. The trade Jordan Love. There's been a lot of Jordan Love to the Patriots rumors. Uh, obviously, I'm not an insider. I don't know what to make of it. If you're the Patriots, you drop the 15 pick, pick up Jordan Love, 
Packers then package those two picks, 15 and 29 together. Trade up, try to get inside the top 10. They'll need more than just those two picks, probably. Or Jamar Chase? Jamar Chase, Jalen Wall, any of those guys. Okay. Any of those guys. Is it, look, is it going to happen? Look, probably about a half, half of a percent chance. It's crazy. But you have a team that has a need and has kind of something to need to unload because let's face it, the way Aaron Rodgers and the Packers relationship was going when they drafted Jordan Love, it was not great. Then he goes out and has an MVP season. Well, now they have Jordan Love, who's a first-round pick. The only way they really get value for him is because he could get on the field and not be all that in the NFL. And then his value is nothing. This is what I'd say to that. Jordan Love was taking where, where was he? Where was he taking? Top fifteen? Top twenty? I want to say seventeen or eighteen. Yeah, top twenty. Okay. Uh, personally, I look at him. He didn't play at all last year. Showed nothing on the field. His value is not a top twenty pick. It's barely inside the top, the the first round, and. and you, you you have to treat it unfortunately I'm, I'm, I'm trying to trying to be nice here but you have to treat it like a car like he's diminished value because he hasn't done anything okay so it wouldn't make any sense then in my in my that. opinion right i, I mean I, well, that's I why that's why i asked because i don't really yeah. know i heard the rumor packs yeah. need a quarterback packers need to get rid of the controversy and apparently despite having immense talent at receiver they need more talent i just thought maybe I also don't know, though, based on what we've seen for value, you know, and like the value scale, if the 29 and the 15 are enough to move inside the top 10 at this point. I mean, if it depends if you're going by the, the draft charts uh, with the numbers and such. I don't, I don't. It was created a long time ago by Bill Parcells, and, and I don't know if 15 and 29 will get you up that uh, far yeah, i don't know i was just just throwing it out there i mean i don't want to you can keep going on your list uh, uh, I, I, mean, I just i was just a thought while, while we were on the patriots moving up and changing i figured i'd yeah, just throw it out there it's it it's by just, the way I, I don't i don't know if i'm um the patriots i don't know if i give up 15 for jordan love but like, i don't just, know about it either because i think honestly you could probably package a second round pick and a decent player and probably pull him over if that's what the packers wanted to do well, Again, also, all just rumors who knows right and you also have to think Bill is going to look at this and say, okay, why are they trading them? Oh, because they need to satiate uh, Aaron Rodgers. Right. Why am I going to give you the 15 pick? Right. If uh, I'm trying to, you, you want me to do you a favor by taking a guy you drafted last year because you thought you wanted to have the secession plan for Aaron Rodgers already set in place because you did it to Brett Favre. And now you might not have the stomach to do it to Aaron Rodgers. I have to tell you, man. Before we keep going on your list, I, all the possibilities in this draft. Yeah. I am probably more looking forward to this draft more than any I can remember. I mean, the top few is probably, we know, you know, Lawrence, number one, more than likely your top five is going to play out. At least the top three is going to play out the way you said. Right. Uh, the trade obviously didn't officially happen yet, so that's up in the air. But I am, I think picks five through 20 are going to be some of the best like the best uh, just content to watch draft-wise in a long time. It's going to be fun. Well, four of my top ten picks didn't even play this past year. 
and yet I'm still having them. And as much as I've talked about opt-outs should affect you, for these four players, I, I don't think they're going to affect them too greatly. But uh, as we go down to number 12, the Philadelphia Eagles will take Devontae Smith. Makes sense. Wide receiver. Pair him with Fogelman and Rhaegar? Hell yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And, he, and he's more of that slot kind of guy, even though he doesn't want to admit it. Um, he is a little – He's not undersized height-wise. He's undersized. I mean, I'm sure you've heard this many times. Oh, and, oh yeah. And he's kind of trying to defend himself by saying he's not. He's not a. Well, he's not supposed to be built like a muscle, but. We also heard Julian Edelman would never make it, and Drew Brees is going to wash out. So right. So you never I know. Mean, I, special I players do special things. Right. Plus three years production, Chris. I don't. <laughs> sometimes the proof's in the pudding. Uh, number thirteen, Chargers. Whiffing on all the receivers, and I don't think they're going to reach um, to try to get one. I think they'll take Jalen Phillips, Miami defensive end, um, because they need to replace some of their pass rush that they lost. I know they have. Um, I get the I get the the brothers mixed up. Um, the Bosa, which one? Joey. Oh, they have. Uh, they have Joey. Yeah. Yeah, Joey. Okay. They need they need help because um, uh, Ingram didn't. I don't believe Ingram resigned with them. Number fourteen is going to be J.C. Horn, first cornerback off the list. I like his size, and no knock on Caleb Farley, but I like that he played this year. Um, number fifteen, the this is going to be a slap in the face to the front office, but they have to do it. Alige Vera Tucker, USC offensive tackle. Another, because they need to fix their tackle. Another first round offensive lineman for the Giants. I mean, if you're going to keep swinging and missing, not to mention dump a bunch of money in the Nate Solder, you need to you need to resolve it. And then another upside to him is he is the number one rated guard. So, oh, okay. Another person that you could say, okay, well, it's not working out the tackle. Slide them into guard. Versatile, yeah. I like it. Yep. Um, number 16, a gaping hole for the Arizona Cardinals is at corner. Caleb Farley, Virginia Tech cornerback. Okay. That makes sense. Some people have him top rated. I think it's I think this is about the time that's for him to be taken. The Raiders. Here's a controversial prick for you, Chris. What else is new with the Raiders? <laughs> I don't, I don't know if you're going to like this one. I don't know uh, if Josh Jacobs is going to like this one. Travis Etienne, Clemson, running back. Well, that makes I, sense. I mean, uh, the thing, all the information coming out about Etienne is that he's not a primary number one stud, but he could be good in the system. And if you have him and Jacobs, it'd be a nice one-two punch. Yep. I know it's a lot of draft capital to spend on running backs because this is about where the, the Raiders took Jacobs. He could be a three-down back. He was a three-down back in, in Clemson. Um, but you can start him slow and then use him in the passing game because he's excellent in the passing game, electric on the field. And I think it could really benefit the offense, especially Josh Jacobs. Uh, number 18, Miami Dolphins' second first-round pick will be – I'm going to try this. Gregory Garcode. Defensive end out of Miami. 
highly productive 2019 campaign. Played for University of Miami and then the Dolphins. You have about a 10 minute drive to work. Yeah, but unfortunately, he took a year off. Um, and actually, funny thing is, Chris, uh, he had a productive 2019 season, and then Jalen Phillips came in and had a as productive season uh, in his place. And I believe that's going to get him drafted higher at number 13 with the Chargers than Gregory at number 18. Now, this is this is where this is where my draft could go sideways. Number 19, Washington football team, Mac Jones, Alabama quarterback. Okay. I like the weapons around him. You know I've spoken about this. I think he needs weapons. Yep. And I think this is the spot for him to go outside of the Saints, and I just don't think he's going to last to the Saints. And the Saints don't have the draft capital nor the money to sign him. So I think Mac Jones, you have Debo Samuel, you have uh, Terry McLaren, Antonio Gibson, Logan Thomas. I mean, just keep going. And they can add more in the second round if they wanted to. It's a real good spot for him. And Ryan Fitzpatrick's there. So, you know, he's almost guaranteed to play. (laughs) Well, you know Ryan Fitzpatrick will play at least four games somehow anyway, so he always right. does every team he's on. Number 20, I have Christian Denishaw, Virginia Tech offensive lineman. This is actually a um, – he is a true tackle, and I think the Bears need a little bit more help at tackle. Uh, Colts taking Xavier Collins, Tulsa linebacker. Chris, I'm going to run down his uh, awards he got this past year. He got the Lombardi, the Bronco uh, Nagarsi, the Bednarik, the ACC Defensive Player of the Year, and unanimous All-American. How does he follow the 21, then? Based on team needs above him? (sighs) Team needs above him. Okay. Uh, Mika Parsons is a little bit more higher rated. Okay. Uh, But Colts, I think the Colts is a good spot for him uh, with – what's his name? Linebacker that I can't think of. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm insulting him because he had a great rookie season. I can't think of I, There's a lot of names to remember. Um, but I think he, he'd slide in real good um, next to him. Chris, if you remember it, just, just shout it out. Uh, the Titans are going to take Alex Leatherwood, offensive tackle out of Alabama. Yeah, Jets needing wide receiver help. He's going to take Kadarius Tony, wide receiver out of Florida. And this kid, which is strange, how um, Darius I I, Leonard? Huh? Darius Leonard? Yes. Okay. Thank you. I wouldn't have been able to sleep without knowing that. So I appreciate you helping well, me sleep. Good tonight. night. <laughs> uh, Kadarius Tony and actually uh, Kyle Pitts had a crazy good, each of them had posted double-digit touchdowns with uh, Kyle Trask as quarterback. But it's ironic that I don't think Kyle Trask is going to be drafted in the first or second round. But Katerius Tony could actually absolutely help the Jets and Zach Wilson uh, be a more productive offense, although anything could really help that offense at this point. Steelers 
Now, we've talked about the Steelers and the running back situation, right? Yep. They have seven running backs, and they're all the same. I'm going to give you a different one. I'm going to give you Najee Harris okay. out of Alabama. I think he's a three-down running back. This guy can be your your new Le'Veon Bell. Oof. He does He does everything. Damn. Catches out of the backfield, runs the ball between the tackles, and he's from Alabama. So name your Alabama running back that you like, Chris. Because they're all good, pretty much. Yeah, Derrick well, Henry, Damian Harris, right down the list. Here's my thing. Uh, we heard this about Clyde Edwards-Alaire last year, and he, you know, he still could still develop. I'm not trying to say the kid's a bust by any means. He was okay, and there's only so much to go around in that in that uh, Chiefs offense. Does he stack up comparatively? Because that was the whole thing on Edwards-Alaire was this kid can do it all, no matter okay. where you are in the field. If, if, in my opinion, again, this is not a, I'm not a professional. If Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was in this draft and Najee Harris was in this draft, is is in this draft, I take Najee Harris above Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Okay, there you go. That answers that then. Uh, I just like the system he was in. You know, you know, this system is a pro offense system that uh, Nick Saban runs. It's no knock on Ed Orgeron and LSU, but. I like running backs coming out of Alabama. Because I mean, track record they, speaks for itself. So right, they have multiple. Each year they have multiple running backs carrying the ball. They're all four to five star athletes coming in. They all pretty much have a red, a red, a red shirt year, and they learn how to run the ball between the tackles and be versatile. And I think that speaks volumes of all the running backs that come out of Alabama that are productive at number 25, um, Jeremiah, Owe Kuman. And I apologize if I butchered his name, Notre Dame linebacker, the Browns at number 26, Tyson Campbell, Georgia cornerback. The kids got size. He's six, two length, and I've seen these Georgia cornerbacks. They are good. Uh, you get your hands on one, you're really going to benefit. And I know they have Denzel Ward. They have Greedy Williams. I just don't think Greedy Williams is what you want on the outside. <clears throat> and Denzel Ward needs someone to compliment him on the other side. So I like Dyson Campbell. Uh, Baltimore Ravens taking Jamin Davis. Ravens taking a linebacker in round one. Stop me if you've heard this before. <laughs> I know. Crazy. Yeah, they, hey, they, 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 they draft them well, so I'm not criticizing. They, oh, they, yeah. They, they and, do their due and, diligence. And they just lost a linebacker to the Patriots. Right. Um, so they're going to need to slide somebody else in. It's just like when they lost uh, C.J. Mosley, they drafted Patrick Queen. Uh, Saints taking Jalen Mayfield. um Michigan tackle to pair with uh, Gabe Gabe, Watt, Gabe Watson. I can't remember his name. Center out of Michigan that he, they drafted uh, two years ago. Uh, number 29. So I'm going to resolve Mr. Um, Aaron Rodgers issue. Rashawn Bateman, Minnesota wide receiver. 
the production is there in 2019. 1,200 yards, 11 touchdowns. And I know he didn't play this past this past year. And honestly, Chris, uh, opposite of him was Tyler Johnson. That's the same Tyler Johnson that's on the Bucks right now. Okay. And that quarterback, I don't know his name, I but I did look at his stat line this past year. Losing Tyler Johnson and Rashad Bateman, he did not break 10 touchdowns. Not He did not break 10 touchdowns. He had a phenomenal season the previous year. And the talent just it tells you how good Tyler Johnson is and it tells you how good Rashad Bateman is. So I think this can resolve Aaron Rodgers' need for wide receivers. The Buffalo Bills at number 30 take the only safety rated. If I'm let me let me check. Yes, the only safety rated in the first round. Although he's rated first to second. Uh, Trevor Mooring, TCU safety. The change from last year. There was five or six that could have gone in the first round solidly. Yeah, it's a little dry right now. Yeah. Um, I actually pushed a couple of uh, first round graded cornerbacks out of the first round. But again, when you rate the players, Chris, uh, usually there's more than 32 first round picks. So. Um, and I think I think it's no slight on any of the safeties that they have right now. I think you're in the point where you need a couple, like at least three good safeties in rotation to kind of not only keep them healthy, but if you go sub-packaging, maybe a couple of them can be a little more bigger our slot corners just to kind of prevent teams from just running the ball right down your throat when you're in sub packaging uh, the chiefs. So they have a lot of, of players that are really, really good. And they're paying a lot of really good players, a lot of money. I think they're going to take Christian Barrymore, uh defensive tackle out of Alabama, six, five, three, 10 big boy. And he's a big boy. And I know they have, um, I know they have Chris Jones under contract. I don't want to say this is kind of could be his replacement, but in the event that you have to cut him at some point, maybe he's developed enough. His kid's a good, a good penetrator, but his run defense was a little, a little shaky. Always something you can work on though. And at number 32, Chris, I thought it'd be appropriate to go with another legacy since they decided to go with, um, who was it last year they drafted? Uh, Winfield Jr. Right. So why don't we go Patrick Sertain the second at okay. Alabama? To Tampa Bay. Yeah, Tampa Bay. So now okay. you have two legacies on the Buccaneers. Yeah. Hey, and if you're the Buccaneers and you're around at, uh, next year um, in the top 10, Daryl Stingley Jr. is going to be uh, available. They're just going to be like the Toronto Blue Jays of the NFL and just draft all the second-generation talent. Why not? Uh, all right, Chris. Anything you want to dissect in that in the mock draft? No, man. I kind of I kind of did uh, as we were going along. I, I mentioned you know if I had any questions on anything. Um, I have. <laughs> I feel weird telling you uh, because, I, admittedly, like I've said a hundred times before. Uh, 
you know far more about this than I do at this particular, uh, you know, draft time and, and college football and everything. Uh, I I don't think if the Patriots can get one of the top quarterbacks, which it doesn't look like they'll be able to, unless unless the 49ers lose their mind yeah. and take Mac Jones or Trey Lance at three and Justin Fields falls because there were some rumors about the – I know I keep bringing up a lot of rumors, but it's all you have right now. Yeah. Around draft time is rumors until it's official. Uh, about the Patriots and uh, the Panthers, who have the eighth pick, laying groundwork for a potential trade. And you said, oh, that's interesting. And I said my theory on that was they're going to get the deal done uh, under the guise of Justin Fields falling that far. They're not trading up that high to get Mac Jones or Trey Lance. Because I think they they just assume either trade out of the first round like they've done so many times in the past and get another first rounder next year in exchange for this year and get some a couple extra picks and then take a project in the second, third, fourth round. Uh, somebody they can develop who can kind of sit with Cam Newton and maybe even start this year. Who knows? If Cam is like he was last year, we might be seeing him on the field this year. But I really think you're only going to see them move up and draft in the first round if they can move up to a – I don't think they have the draft capital to get up to four with Atlanta, but you never know. If no one else is calling and they can offer a couple first-round picks and Fields is on the board. Uh, I, I just think tomorrow, if the New England Patriots take a first-round quarterback, it's only going to be Justin Fields because the other two are going to be gone – with Zach Wilson and obviously Trevor Lawrence are going to be going one and two. If the Niners trip up and don't take fields, they're going to try to jump on it. But if they don't get fields, they're going to either take, like you suggested, a Pay, a Michael Parsons, a top defensive player, a top linebacker, or they could have traded out entirely and say, yeah, we'll try somebody in the second round and develop them. No big deal. We'll try to make a trade for one of these, you know, uh, backups that, has potential. Um, so I don't, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I mean, it, a lot of these make sense. You know, uh, the Falcons, if they're really going to trade Julio going wide receiver makes sense. Cowboys taking Slater makes total sense. Eagles, another wide receiver to go along with presumably their young quarterback in their dynamic young running back makes total sense. They need to have depth at that position. Not to mention uh, Jalen Hurts and Devontae, I believe, would have played at least one year together at Alabama. Right. Uh, other ones, the Cardinals, need to replace Patrick Peterson. Yep. Caleb Fairley is a great choice for that. Uh, the Raiders going running back. They have a guy in Josh Jacobs who looks dynamic, who could really benefit and I think increase his career longevity if you gave him a two to the Jacobs one, gave him somebody to spell him. And NTN, who I have seen by all accounts, people saying does not have the build to be a front-line stud number one consistent guy, would be great in a package with Jacobs. I love that. Uh, and then some of these just make sense. You know, Washington football team continuing to build their defense. Because uh, if you're Washington... I have Washington taking quarterback. Oh, that's right. You did. Yeah, I have, I have your old, uh, your original one day before you changed it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry. I, I can honestly, though, I can see them if their quarterback is gone. 
Mm -hmm. taking dominant defender because oh yeah i don't think i don't think a quarterback they have oh the kid they played the playoff game last year i forgot his name tyler taylor henneke ryan fitzpatrick i know neither one of those names is going to light up the marquee however with the other talent they have on offense with their logan thomas at tight end with uh uh who the guy they got from uh carolina Debo samuel Uh, Debo samuel thank you um and terry mclaurin Terry McLaurin. Yep. And I mean, uh, Gibson, Antonio Gibson at running back. There's some offensive talent on that team. And I mean, that defense was the strength of the team last year. If you can continue to build that, if the quarterback's not there, that makes complete sense. Jets, I kind of thought the Jets might go running back. Um, I, I still think they might take Najee Harris ahead of the Steelers. But I think they kind of feel they probably feel they address their. Wide receiver issue in free agency. Uh, well, here's but, here's you know, here's we'll my see. logic. Well, here's my logic on that, Chris. I've there's because they have the third, the second pick in the in the second round. Uh, you have Javante Williams, who's a first second round grade, and then depending on who you are, Kenny Gainwell. Uh, I believe he's from. I think he was Kentucky. I'm not 100 percent sure. One of these two. I didn't go too deep in the running backs because obviously it's Travis Etienne, Najee Harris, and then yeah, it's such a real light running, but kind of like it's real light draft, yeah. But one of these two kids could be there at at number two. I think actually for sure, one of these two kids will be there at two. And even you could even if you're the Jets, you could trade back to a team that wants to hop in and because some player that they really, you know, one of these corners that drops you know, they might want to grab and you could still get a decent running back that maybe you you feel like you need, uh, but it'd be a nice piece to add, but you don't really need it. Right, right. They have bigger needs than a running back. I mean, other than the obvious, they, they should have went after Aaron Jones harder than they did. I do. I do agree with you, though. Najee Harris would make sense to the Jets. I just think, looking at it, you need some sort of upper echelon talent. Um, and Kadarius Tony has proof, proven in twenty twenty that he has some upside, um, limited with production to one season, and that one season is. 2020 so you got to take it for what it's worth right right uh, if you want to gamble on some second second round wide receivers you have terrence marshall out of lsu who played compliment to um jamar chase and then you have rondell moore out of purdue that are two good options at number two if you were to decide Najee harris at 23 is your option so it leans more like they should go running back over wide receiver, but I think there there's going to be a need to try to get um, – because Kadarius could be that number one they want. I don't know if he is, but it could be. Whereas you look at Rashad Bateman or Rondell Moore, they'll be nice two A's, possibly ones, but most likely two A's. And you're the Jets. You need to, you need to get Zach Wilson weapons – now 
You need to <laughs> You're get the Jets. You need to draft Justin Fields and do the smart thing. That's what you need to do. But yeah, but we know where we're going with this. Do you, um, do, do you think Jets fans are notorious, like Eagles fans, for kind of booing their picks? Yeah, they'll boo. Do you think they go up there and they get Zach Wilson over yep. over Justin Fields? They boo Zach Wilson. Yep. Okay, I was, yep. I was wondering. Yeah, because. <clears throat> Chris, they would boo Trevor Lawrence. Let's be let's be quite frank with each other. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. So I think they would think they finally had their guy, <laughs> but their team had to go ahead and not suck for two weeks. So, so to answer your question on um, the Patriots, I think they need to. I think dropping out of the first round that is a big drop. Because usually they're dropping. They're you know they're twenty twenty three. 29 somewhere now they're in the 20s 15 is a big drop out of the first round they would need to garner a lot or well, say, do it twice or do it twice look at like to say they have okay because the jets you know the jets you know a lot of rumors have been they're gonna go for running back right we just talked about okay yeah. so if you're a pittsburgh and you know you want a uh a Najee harris um, you know, you know Pittsburgh picking at twenty four. Yeah. Uh, okay. So I mean, obviously, there's other teams you could trade with in there, right. but if you have a Patriots at like fifteen, and nobody else in there is really in need of a running back, you know, but they kind of want to take the player they want. They're not really looking to trade. If the Patriots are willing to trade, and I, I only say this not because, oh, I'm being a fanboy. The Patriots are yeah. notorious for trading. Yeah. Notorious. So if you're looking to trade with somebody, you're going to look at a couple of teams who are just, you know, almost trade down for sport. You say to them, okay, we'll swap 24 for 15, and we'll throw our first-round pick in next year. I mean... Chances are the Steelers are going to be competitive to an extent, but if Big Ben goes down, you could be looking at a top ten pick. Yeah, I don't think it'll happen. I, I I'm just I, I'm I'm throwing out all scenarios, playing devil's advocate, just whatever. I think the Patriots either end up somehow if Justin Fields slips, taking Justin Fields, or they stay at fifteen and take the best defensive player on the board. So I think I the can... only way they move is to move up to get Fields. Otherwise, they stay at fifteen and they and they, and they just take. Whoever the best, whether corner, linebacker, whatever, take the best defensive player on the board. So if I look at it, Chris, there's two there's two teams I looked that would need running back, and that would be the Jets and the Dolphins. But I don't think the Dolphins are going to go running back in the first round with either pick. Um, so I can absolutely see them jumping to 15 because the Cardinals. My belief is, is at 17 and 16, Cardinals and Raiders, respectively, are going to want to draft their players. They're going to want to. And I think the Raiders are definitely going to want to pair Josh Jacobs with a talented running back. And I think that's how they're going to run their offense this year, especially if they can't get enough outside weapons. So 15 with the Patriots makes so much sense, is that you can jump the Raiders, the Dolphins, and the Jets for running back supremacy, if you will, between the two, the two, and whichever one you really want, you can get. I just think personally, the Raiders are going to get Travis Etienne. 
I don't think the Dolphins are going to go running back first round. And I think the Jets need to get a better, uh, higher quality, ready-made wide receiver to complement, I think, Zach Wilson. Then Najee Harris, who will help the offense immensely. It's just not going to help the passing offense. Right, right. Either way, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a fun draft. The first round especially is going to be great. Uh, I personally, you know, I know you like watching all of it. Oh, yeah. Uh, I enjoy the first round, uh, the second and third rounds, uh, especially since we started doing this podcast, I find incredibly interesting because you go back and you look at the draft previous years and you see guys third, fourth, fifth round who are like, wow, they are a top-tier talent. (laughs) And they were taken all the way there. Who's going to be the guy that just pops out of nowhere uh, and said, that's that's what we're going to do. Well, as long as you're up for it. Uh, sure. You only got a few days. Just for our show, our, our draft special on Thursday, a couple of guys, if you got time, top five, top three, even if it's just one, a couple of guys who are going to be fourth, fifth round picks, more than likely, who you I'm, think could be a Dak Prescott, a Tom Brady. Uh, and obviously the, the criteria isn't they're going to be the greatest of all time, but right. they're going to be someone we look at in five years and go, how the hell did teams let him fall there? Well, Think about it. Think yeah. about it. Uh, yeah. Even if it's only one, I don't want to pressure on it. I know you're busy. We got this show to do. We got Thursday show to do. Um, you know, so no problem. Uh, just if you can think of a top five, even three, even one, that'd be fun because then we can look back and go, okay, look at the Ben, Ben nailed on this one. Um, also, was it last year you got what, seven right in the first round? Was it seven? Six or seven, yeah. I think it was seven. All right. Optimistically, you beat seven this year, and okay. if you do, what's the number? How many ten. do you get right? Ten. Ten? Ten. All right. I'm going to – I have faith in you, but I'm going to do this showcase showdown style and just take a lower number. I'm going to go eight. I'm going to say eight. So we'll we'll, we'll see. That'll, that'll be fun. We'll, well, you'll find out on Thursday because the first round will be happening, so – I think only one's the realistically, if we look at it, there's one that's a gimme, and then you don't know after that because right, you just don't know. I mean, that's why it's a mock draft, but unlike <clears throat> some individuals who want to sit there and throw as many as ten or twelve mock drafts out there, I like to think. I like to hold a little integrity and have just the one, and I'm relying on this one and. That's what I'm going to go with. Well, and- the problem isn't the multiple drafts. The problem is they'll throw out 10 or 12 and then want to go back to their third one from four months ago and go, see, I had that guy going fourth. Correct. Yeah, and then you haven't had him going above 15 or 20 in the past four months, so you don't get credit for that now. But, um, yeah, I said it before, man. All the crap I give you, you know, we've been friends for God knows how long, so that's just that's just part of a friendship. Uh, but I honestly – over 95% of the people out there doing draft uh, draft analysis, I would trust your take over theirs uh, because you're not doing it for clicks. I mean, you are doing this for downloads, yeah. but you're giving your honest opinion. You're not just trying to throw something outlandish out there like Justin Fields following the 32. Yeah. For no reason, just no to get reason. clicks. Um, that's absurd. That's not happening. Uh, but anything else on this episode before we get ready for our Thursday draft special? I am all set, sir. All right. Thank you so much for listening to episode 127. We greatly appreciate your support. If you have any questions or comments, 
for Ben and I on anything you heard on this show or past episodes or anything at all in general about sports. We'd love to hear from you. And where can they get in touch with us? Well, you can hit us up on Twitter. That's at BCTS Pod. Facebook, Ben and Chris Talk Sports. Or the website, bctspod.com. And we ask you, as always, if you feel so inclined, leave a rating and a review. Tell a friend about the show. We appreciate it. That is going to do it for this episode. We will see you. Actually, you know, we won't see you. You'll hear us Friday morning, late Thursday night. Either way, as soon as it's ready to go, it'll be released. Our 2021 NFL Draft Special going along with the first round. Can't wait. It's going to be great. Very exciting. Till then, for Ben, I am Chris. Please stay safe, stay healthy. We will see you right back here Friday morning. Thank you.